Hello, dear listeners. This is the last of the three episodes that were not published last year. Um, it has been recorded last year on the 21st of June. Um, we Today we are the 20th of June 2021, so it's uh, one year, almost one year to the day since it has been recorded. Um, we will be recording a new show next week, so that's going to be on the 29th of June, I believe. And we shall resume our normal schedule. So please uh, don't pay attention to the comments at the end of this episode about vacation and stuff like that. That was valid last year. Uh, there will be a new episode on your feed on July 7th. So enjoy this episode. This is episode number 12 of Maker's Corner. This podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. and welcome to Maker's Corner episode 12. My name is Yannick, I'm the French guy from Switzerland and joining me tonight, as usual, is my friend and co-host Nate. Good evening, Nate. How are you? Wonderful. How about yourself? I'm fine because I'm going on vacation at the end of this week, so uh, things well, couldn't, couldn't be better for me this week. I'm already on vacation. Yeah, that's nice. Well, it's, it's not been as vacation as I'd hoped, but hey, we're, you know, at least we're trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and also joining us tonight is uh, someone that you know very well, Nate, because you um, co-host the show with uh, with him. It's uh, our good friend, Eric. Hello, Eric. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, very, very fine. You know, uh, being with, with the, the, um, the idea of being on vacation, that, that kind of pumps some energy in you <laughs> for the last few days. <laughs> Absolutely, especially since we've all been uh, shut-ins for <laughs> for several months yeah. now. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to take any risks and go any place where there are uh, lots of people, you know. I'm just going to have a nice two weeks of, uh, you know, staying at home with my parents and my daughter, and maybe we're, go we we're going to go visit some, some places in Switzerland. But, uh, yeah, definitely a cool vacation this year. Well, just by saying Switzerland, that then you are on vacation as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you're in Switzerland. <laughs> right. It sounds so exotic to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it is a very nice uh, country. And, you know, you drive an hour, an hour and a half, and you have a completely different uh, landscape from, from where I live. Uh, and that it's, yeah, it's really great. If you guys have a, a chance to uh, visit Switzerland one day, uh, do not do not hesitate once uh, one second. It's really a great country. Uh, so uh, on tonight's episode, um, we have invited uh, Eric to talk to us about what Nate um, uh, told us. Uh, what it was two weeks ago, I think um, it was. Yep, and that's the um, the setup that uh, you you're using, uh, Eric and uh, and uh, Nate. You, know, you guys, when you do live streams, and uh, so I, I won't go into uh, details. Eric, you're gonna talk to us about that. Um, and then if we have time, I uh, I finally uh, finished my uh, radar, my proximity sensor project. Uh, I tested it. It worked while it was in my office. And then I put that in my garage. 
And of course, it doesn't work there. So <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, fix that. But uh, I'm going to go over the, the, the project uh, if we have well, time. That's how well, I hope um, so. I, I've been listening. I, <clears throat> I am an avid listener of the show, and, and I have been following along with the, the projects. And uh, yeah, I, I love how Nate eggs you on to uh, take it to the next level, <laughs> where you're like, oh, that, that's good enough. And Nate's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I try not to be an enabler, but... I, I think I'm naturally one, and I just... Actually, Eric, I blame you. Uh, I think I've become an enabler because of you. So this is... We're not, we're not gonna, I'm not going to say it's my fault. I will accept I'm, full responsibility in that case. <laughs> so, Nate, what do you have to talk about tonight? Uh, well, I've, uh, I've been doing a lot of Fusion 360-ing. Um, I, I, I've been doing some... I've finally now... I think I've talked about it in the past... I'm doing a, a garage renovation. The garage that I have in my house is, um, I would I would call it a a garbage shed. Basically, is what it is. No, but it's an actual garage. It has a garage door. I wouldn't. You, you can't really put a, a car in it. I don't think you ever actually could. Maybe a Model T when the thing was actually built, you could put a car in it. it is it an so, attached garage or a freestanding? No, it's a freestanding garage. I can't. I would have preferred just to tear it down and start over and hire someone to do the whole thing. Uh, but I'm really cheap, so that's one strike against the, the hire somebody, somebody part. And then, But I, if I tear it down, it's not. I know my offset from the property line is too close, so I wouldn't be able to have it in the same spot. So basically, I, would, I wouldn't be able to have a garage. So I have to make this one work. So I'm making this a little bit wider and a little bit deeper by four feet, and then four feet taller so I can have like an attic for storage space. And I'm building it all in Fusion 360. I did it on paper first, and then I'm like, well, I don't like this. So I, I took an erase and I started changing things, like doing, doing you know, drafting the old-fashioned way. And then I, I fixed it, and then I, I updated my bill of material, and then I'm, you know, going, and I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? I don't like that either. So I started erasing. I thought, why am I doing this on paper? What, what's the matter with me? I've done, I've been doing CAD for many, 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 many years, why am I doing the garage on paper? So I decided I'm just going to build it in Fusion 360. So I you know, start Nate, off this reminds. Uh, I'm sorry. Th this reminds no, me ahead. of the uh, the slide out shelf project where you're like, oh, I'm just going to do it on paper. And I'm like, Nate, come on now. You have to do it in CAD, yes. and then well, and that Twice led now. to well, then <laughs> then you can have it on uh, on your tablet and have it near you while you're building it. You know, I right. mean. Well, so I'm I, glad to I, hear I that you came I, to your senses. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I default like, but like if I'm doing like uh, stuff to 3D print, I have no, I have no like automatically I do it in CAD because that's just how you do it. And anyway, so there's some disconnects, you know, up my my brain housing unit up here. So uh, I'm I'm trying to correct that, and I started building it, and then I I uh, I should be done with it. Well, I'm not going to work on it today anymore, but tomorrow I should probably be done with it, and then uh, then I'll. I'll do all the proper paperwork and pull the permits and everything else so I can actually get the work done, do the, do the work. But yeah, I'm really excited about having like a real, see, I saw Yannick's workbench and that he built a while ago. Yeah. So I'm, I, that wouldn't work for me. So I'm going to scale it up and pretty much do the exact same thing. Just, just for the length that I need it. And the other thing too, is I was, uh, um, as I was working on the, on the design yesterday, I was, I was looking for like uh, Lowe's.com or Home Depot, like a, a French door for it. And I couldn't find one that was just like not glass and fancy because apparently they don't make non-fancy French doors. <laughs> so go figure. Uh, and so I, 
I, I, I was talking to somebody here, and they uh, they said, "Why don't why don't you use a, a barn door?" I'm like, "Well, of course, a barn door. Yeah, why, why not? Yeah." <laughs> and then and then I could automate it, and I go, you know, I'm thinking thinking of Maker's Corner. I could I could actually have it. So then I have it on a uh, um like an, an actuator of some kind, either a linear actuator or maybe I can do you know who knows something, and then I can then. T- tag it to like a, a phone or or maybe an RFID tag. So when I approach it, that it would open up for me. Now this is now this is long shot. You know this is this is making them the practical and impractical, which I'm really good at doing. And this is something Yannick would probably egg me on to do anyway. And and so I figured this is this yeah. would be like the way to go, right? And then uh, you know, it's like then that then, sounds very interesting. Then I could actually put it like you know if I ever do get like a, a lawnmower or whatever, like a riding lawnmower, because that's the intent. I could put the tag on the lawnmower itself, like some sort of a tag. So then they can have like the the the, uh, the Node MCU or whatever I'm using when it senses that I'm close that it would just open up the door. Now are, are we thinking like shuttle bay door here maybe or? Yes, we are. Maybe even that that nice. that, that obnoxious you know dee 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 and then. <laughs> yes, that would be. Yeah, well, <laughs> that would be ideal. Hopefully, it's gonna be the same, you know, uh, atmosphere, atmospheric pressure inside and outside of your of your garage. That blue glow. I should need, need to do that around there. So before oh, yeah. the door opens, of up. of course you and, need LEDs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I get an LED strip all the way around it. So before it yeah. opens up, the light it lights up. Yeah, and then wow. you can sync that to your uh, festive lights. Yes, there is just <laughs> there's. There's quite literally no end to the nonsense that could be had in all of this, and, and now I'm getting Absolutely, more excited. Yes. So your garage is that is that wood or is that uh, concrete? Yeah, it's, it's it's wood. It's like a, it's it, a woods. It has a partial concrete floor, so like like two thirds of it is concrete, sort of, and not a good concrete. So the uh, the challenge is going to be I have to, you know, what when I remove the parts I need to remove, then I need to properly do all like the concrete work. I don't know yet if I'm going to borrow a mixer and make the concrete myself, or I'm going to hire somebody just to dump it and then flatten it out. I, I don't, I don't have that part worked out yet. I just need to get the permit first, and then I'll, I'll work out that small detail. Yeah, that's a whole new level of uh, do-it-yourself. Uh, the, the the concrete part. I mean, the wood part. I can, I can now. I can. I think I can handle uh, a, a good, a good part of that. But uh, it's yeah, it, uh, concrete is still not my thing. It's like. Play-Doh, except it gets really hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, concrete's actually fairly forgiving. If you can get the the molds set right, it it, mm-hmm. it will you know level the floor. It, it's going to self level, obviously. So, um, yeah, I've, I've actually unless somebody turns off con- the gravity. <laughs> well, we're talking about the shuttle bay here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, True. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, and. Will you live stream your work when you do that? Well, I don't want to lose complete respect from people on the internet, so I probably won't because I'm most likely to make mistakes. But I will definitely take pictures of the process, maybe pieces of it. But I'm—I wouldn't consider myself good at anything. I more or less muddle my way through. Yeah. Kind of, I fabric cobble things together. I know what's right and what's not right, but I'm—I am by no means efficient. I have been doing work for somebody else. Like I, I built a couple of decks and, and been doing some landscape work just as fill in until I can, can determine what it is that I want to do now, you know, work, who I'm going to work for. And, uh, I was kind of made fun of. I said, uh, 
because I built the deck. <laughs> I built the deck and it was perfect. Like I made sure the sl- sl- the slope was right and everything was right, so there's no way any water was going to splash into the house or go in. But you know, made it just to the right level. That you know, everything was made sure it was like I would be happy with it. And uh, so, the, so the, the buddy of mine who I'm, I'm working for, he says, he says, you know, you do you do real good work, like really good work. I just wish you could do more of it. now growing up i had a freestanding garage and one of the things that i always wanted and never had was utilities so electricity definitely and water would be great but do you have anything in there already or are you planning to run it it has it has electric and it's it's just 110 going out there but i I would like to run maybe like a larger welder in there than that I, i do have a 110 welder but i i I kind of want something with a little bit more chutzpah, I guess, so that I, it has it yeah. can actually do something more than just and and I probably don't need it need to I probably don't need it at all, but it would not be that hard or expensive with the distance to this from the house to run a, a two twenty line out there, you know, because here Yannick in a, in the United States we have to think about one ten and two twenty we we just we don't all have the kill you effectively two twenty yeah. everywhere. I've learned that I mean. uh, not. Not so long ago, um, I was watching uh, Technology Connection, mm-hmm. uh, the yep. uh, YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I've learned that uh, you guys have uh, 240. Yep. It, it's just it's I, a little bit harder to, um, for, for two, 110. 110 will usually just like throw you away from it. 240 can actually grab onto you if you're not careful. Yeah. It's, that's the difference. Yeah. And, it's nasty. And, yeah. and the, um, I think in the United States, I think people are, um, uh, we're like some more very very safety conscious, conscientious about about such things. Mm. So, yeah. Well, where this is a, a major problem for a lot of people is um, electric vehicles and needing the higher current for charging. Because if you only have one ten service, good luck <laughs> charging your yeah. uh, your car because yeah. it's going to take days. And people will actually buy cars and not realize that they don't have the service, and then they have to have it run. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you don't. A lot of people don't have it by default. You know, don't have the the higher voltage. So, or is it wattage? I never know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess one goes with the other. I mean, uh, depends on how much uh, current you you draw from your uh, one ten or two forty. Well, part of the reason I listen to the show is because I don't know a lot about electrical and uh, electrical engineering and and things like that. And so I'm always fascinated to hear you guys talking about you know soldering and just all the things that you do the <laughs> nate's conversation on uh how he blew out the transformer for his lights yeah and, yeah all of that was just fascinating you know <laughs> well thanks um yeah the reason i was asking you nate if you were going to live stream your work is because well we have a guest eric and uh the the, the reason why we have eric is is because eric you've been uh Named by Nate as the uh, the local expert on on OBS and streaming and and setting up uh, things to do that kind of uh, of streaming. So um, I thought you know it's the, the, the it's what we call the last episode of the season because uh, there's not going to be an episode in two weeks because I'm going to be on vacation. So I thought I thought yeah well, maybe we can you know. Uh, uh, devi- deviate a little bit from from our subject because uh, live streaming with OBS is might not be something every maker does, but I guess 
you know, once in a while, uh, you're going to have to do a live stream. And maybe you want to do Q&A uh, and have your uh, your uh, followers ask you some question or, or anything. So if anyone wants to do some live streaming without spending a million dollars on equipment, how can can they do that? Well, and interestingly, let me preface this by saying that live streaming is part of it. I don't stream often. And actually what ended up happening was... Um, I didn't have a dedicated space to record and my equipment was sort of strewn about. I was either in my office, which is shared and it's not a good place to record or I'd be in another room of the house. And I, I kept having to move things around. And so I had this idea for about a year to set up my closet as a studio. And so what I ended up doing was, you know, dedicating part of my closet to that and I a desk shelf and, really nice little setup. But what I figured out was the soundproofing was so good. And my main system is a laptop that recording and doing things on my laptop caused the fans to spin up. And so I was getting a lot of background noise just from the fans. And there was really no easy way to combat it. If you've done things with audio, you know, you can have a gate and that helps. But even when the gate's you know, so that helps when the gates close, but then when you're, when it opens, when you start speaking, you're still going to get that bleed in of the background noise. And so I'm thinking, all right, how do I overcome this and still be able to sit here and record and stream if that's what I was doing and offload this process somewhere else so that my laptop doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. And that's where OBS with the NDI plugin came into play. And so what NDI allows you to do, and Nate alluded to this or or just described it on the last show, is it lets you essentially broadcast your local PC over the network in a very low latency way to another system that can then, you know, do the streaming to YouTube or some other service or can be doing the recording. So the way I had it set up is I'd have OBS on my laptop an OBS on my desktop, which was in my office a few rooms away. And I would start the recording on my desktop or the streaming on my desktop. And essentially everything I did on my laptop was mirrored in real time. And that includes audio and video with per- no perceivable latency that, I mean, at least, at least that I could, I could tell, uh, you know, maybe someone who's uh, more sensitive or more professional might see it, but for my purposes, I certainly didn't. And the net effect of that was my laptop was not needing to, you know, uh, do all of the processing for the recording and the rendering, and it stayed cool and quiet. And my desktop was doing all the heavy lifting. Also, I had more storage on my desktop. Um, a better connection, um, just it's a better setup to be doing the recording and then ultimately all the files are there and that's where I'd be editing the video and audio anyway. And so it really just made the whole process a lot simpler and it was all thanks to the NDI plugin. That's interesting because I didn't realize that you could actually record and not uh, and, and not stream from the uh, from the main PC. So... Yeah, so when you said you start the recording, you start the recording from your laptop and then it sends the command to the desktop? Yeah, absolutely. And and I was using a little tool on my Android phone called Stream Control. 
And what it allows you to do, there's a uh, another plugin you install for OBS that essentially allows it to have a, a web server that can accept commands for starting streaming, stopping streaming, changing scenes, uh, stopping and starting recording. And so all the things you can do in the OBS interface, you can do through a web browser, essentially. And the Stream Control app wraps that into a nice little Android app. And yeah, it it allows me to then see what the status of the remote computer is without needing like a remote desktop session or something like that. And uh, I have to say, you know, given that it seems like it's a complicated setup, potentially, with networking and different apps and all this other stuff, it was really very straightforward. And and I, I just never had any issues with it. And um, yeah, so uh, again, if this is beyond streaming, beyond, you know, the idea of, of this single use case, what OBS and NDI allow you to do is really just push this work off to other systems. And also you can have multiple screens coming in as well. So let's say I have my laptop and then I'm testing a distribution, a Linux distribution or something like that. And I have another screen. I can bring that in as another scene in OBS. Um, it's, it's really pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. uh, So we're going to have some links in the show notes, of course, uh, for this, um, for OBS, for the, uh, the, the, uh, NDA plugin and for the, uh, Android app. So this app, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, like, um, it's called, um, the stream deck. So it's something uh, that you... It's, it's, it's a lot like a Stream Deck, yeah. It's very similar in that you have buttons on the screen and you can control different aspects of OBS. And like I said, basically everything you can see in the OBS uh, interface. So it's starting and stopping streaming, recording, it's switching scenes. Um, uh, I don't know if you can change settings and things like that, um, but it's it's a really complete app. It's very well-polished. Um it's not buggy. Well, you, you probably wouldn't change settings while you record anyway. So, no, 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 you wouldn't. Um, and yeah, so it's it, like I said, it it really so setting it up, um, really not that difficult. There's two different. If you're uh, so coming from a Linux uh, perspective, there are two different <laughs> two different packages you install. One is uh, the uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, there's, but there's two different packages you install and uh, that enables it. And you would install them on both systems on the the host and the client. And then there's, there's a little bit of setup, but most of it is automatic in the sense that you just add the scene, the, uh, the, the client, I think I'm just going to use that terminology and it, they sort of see each other over the network. And then you add that as a source and um, if you, if anyone, if you're familiar with OBS, you know it's just a, a number of scenes and sources and, and things like that. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's some steps to to follow, but most of it is very well documented. And I had no issues myself setting it up. Uh, certainly, if anyone has any questions, further questions, I know you're going to link to some things, but. Um, you know, there's different ways to get in touch with us if if you have any yeah. questions. So, sure. So, if anyone has, has questions, you can uh, join our, tele- our Telegram group. Uh, we'll give you the uh, the contact information at the end of the episode, and we will uh, forward that to um, to Eric. Uh, 
Uh, also, I'm I'm sure uh, the, uh, Eric will tell us where you can get in touch with him uh, later on in the show. So let's do a, a, a quick um, a quick uh, calculation here. So OBS is free. Um, the NDI plugin is free. The Android app is free. So for a total of zero dollar, you can you can have a, a pretty good setup then. Yeah, and and again, it's it. it it's. I don't know that NDI is open source, but it is hosted on it's, GitHub, so it must be. It's made yeah. by NewTek. I know that. Yeah, they're the ones that. Um, and NewTek, for historical purposes, they're the ones that made the video toaster, and that was really big on the Amiga Four Thousand back in the nineties, which did a lot of the fancy video stuff. It was it was an affordable system way back in the day, and now remains to be affordable by costing zero. Or some part of the technology yes. does anyway, and it's it, it's amazing how well it works. And I, I can say, <clears throat> uh, as a test, because I was so amazed by the low latency, like I could not, I couldn't believe the, how low latency it was and how non glitchy it was. Like 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 I was so amazed. I thought, well, let me see. Could I using OBS and the NDI plugin stream it? To another computer and play a game remotely, and the answer is yes. It was it I mean, from from my lack of, let mm, me say, need for. I mean, I didn't. If there was latency, it it wasn't so much that I couldn't actually play the game. I guess is what I'm saying. So you were playing a game on your computer on your main computer, and you were using your laptop to to, to drive that. Is that what you're yep. saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Isn't what Google offers with its? Uh, I I don't even even remember the name of, of this thing. Yeah, Stadia. I yeah, mean, I am guessing that that there's that technology. If if, if it's not the same technology, it's got to be related because it's it's pretty yeah. pretty amazing how that works. And so, uh, yeah, that's cool. And, and so the nice thing is, like, I I have my the laptop that I use as my primary system. I use my my server is kind of more my my heavy lifter. So I do the, like my video rendering and all the servery workstationy type things there so it's easier for me to use and i have only i have only one screen on it um largely because the video card doesn't have all the old vga type stuff and most of the technology i have is should have been thrown away by now but the laptop <laughs> the dock station uh has all those other ports so i have the i have the old monitors on that and so i drive three screens normally with this computer when i'm not not you know out and about and i think that you know, to, it seems like at least when I was want to do that streaming, it was a little bit much to have all the like the the um, the video capture input, trying to you know um, you know encode it and stay streaming to YouTube and like doing doing all these things. I think was just a little bit too much for it, and and so by offloading that to another system, it it made the operation of this computer you know easier because well this is this computer probably also should be replaced by now, but. I just can't do it yet. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's even if we are, you have a a pretty uh, modern laptop, it's always good to offload everything you can, so you 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 have a, a, a reactive and working environment uh, right. to to do your the the actual stuff that you want to record. And and I did try doing a stream. I think it was last week. I was going to do a, like a retro retro gaming stream. So I linked mm -hmm. my Commodore 64 into this computer and then had the exact same setup for one of my um, virtual install party of OpenSUSE. 
and I uh, started playing a game with my uh, my oldest, an old Commodore 64 game, and everything was going great until the Commodore 64 died. So ah. that will be another subject when I start tearing into that to figure out what exactly broke. And it's dead, dead. Yeah, it's it's dead to the point where it's not. I mean, what's okay? It runs, but but so one of the chips is so uh, on unstable now that as soon as it gets any kind of heat in it it now it quits ah so i don't know if yeah but uh but yeah so you have uh about a month a month before we record our next episode so gotta get uh, that garage done hopefully yeah oh yeah garage (laughs) first and then you then you will have uh lots of space to fix your uh, commodore in the garage actually the commodore stay in the house it'll be the other things that go out there that are interfering (laughs) right right okay well, that's that's uh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to to be able to do the this this kind of setup, even just to record stuff. Because I know sometimes, uh, as you said, even even with with my uh, desktop here, when I start OBS and uh, it's uh, streaming and recording and things like that, the fans are are are, are, are running very very fast, and uh, yeah, it's I have a, I have a, a microphone that doesn't pick. Uh, that that noise up, but um, still, I would rather have my PC not, uh, you know, <laughs> running the fans at one hundred percent. Well, you think of the the use case, and for someone like me, you know, most of my videos are based on tweaking Linux or or fixing things in Linux, and so I've got, in many cases, the virtual machine up one or two virtual machines, and then if you're recording and you've got your browser open, you've got. You know, I've got 16 gigs of memory in here, but I'm right at the threshold and the CPUs and the fans. And it's just a lot for this system um, and any laptop, really, unless you've got like a a really beefy gaming laptop or something. And it's separation of concerns, too. So if you have all of your recording settings the way you want them on your desktop and again, the file storage and it just that's going to be a better platform. And uh, so, yeah, having it offloaded makes a lot of sense and even if i was in the same room i would probably still do the same thing um now that i've gone that route it it's and again i think probably the biggest challenge for a lot of people is they might look at it on the surface and say well it's it's a lot of things to set up and it it's really not it's really not too bad so um and i did just want to clarify so obs ndi is open source it is developed and hosted on github and um it is two different packages and there's a windows installer um there's a mac installer and there's a linux installer so there's they've got all their bases covered that's uh, something for everybody but uh, that's uh, yeah that's right and uh, with that, uh, an added bonus is that if your laptop crashes then the desktop is still recording or streaming and it's not you know you, you don't lose the file that you're recording, uh, because that happens to me uh, once when I was recording a video and uh, about, I don't know, 45 minutes into the video, my PC crashed and the, uh, yeah, the video was, uh, was lost. So I had to do it again. And, you know, when you have to start again, you're like, uh, well, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow you have something else to do. And, and, and yeah, well, and it takes if, forever to, to get back in the groove. And if you, if you needed a tie-in for something around the maker thing, I, I know there are ways to build your own stream decks with like a Raspberry Pi or a, a single board mm-hmm. computer. So, 
you know, we're talking about sort of the bare bones setup, but you know, you could, you could certainly do some interesting things depending on, I, I mean, my studio is very modest. It's, it, I mean, I say studio, it's a closet. Um, but it, you could certainly, hey, um, do some interesting things. I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can definitely do some interesting things and I could see having, you know, over time, um, you know, customizing and, and, uh, expanding what you have. And I think that would be a neat project to have a little screen with a single board computer and, and make your own stream deck. So, you know, yeah, I, I've sure. actually seen a, a video last week of someone who used, uh, six very tiny OLED displays and he put those on very tiny push buttons. And so when he, he pressed on the, the screen, it, that would, push the, uh, the the push button under the, the, the screen and then put a 3D printed enclosure on that and program stuff uh, to display different commands on the screens and use that as a as a stream deck, uh, basically. So, yeah, it's That's interesting. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. But I guess the first thing I would try to do would be to link some LEDs to that because, you know, you, you can't do anything without any LEDs, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it'd be interesting well, to have thinking. if if you could tie in to like the status. If you could say, okay, if I'm recording, have like a on air LED or, yeah. or something like that, and then um, if you're switching scenes, maybe show the scene that you're on. Or uh, there's lots of different ways I could see of making it fit your uh, um, workflow or process. Yeah, yeah. See or, now, now, now you've you've made me think about looking into how to write a, a plugin for OBS. Well, I'm just here today. to I'm just here to <laughs> enable you guys. That's all. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks a lot, Eric. You're continuing to do what you yeah. know. We've been doing for me since I've known you. Enable. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I like in, the, in in this show and the guests we have and uh, and and Nate here is that we always exchange ideas and things like that, and it always gives me. Uh, and hopefully other people new ideas to to try things uh, and see you know see well uh, push the limits of what we know to to try and and learn something new. I'm, I'm going to hatch a a new concept here, and it's it's making vicariously. So I'm going to come bug you guys and make you make <laughs> things vicariously for me that I wouldn't do myself. So there you go. <laughs> that yeah. that could actually work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, actually, it, it will work. Um, it's not even a, yeah, could it work. Sure it's, it going, it's going to happen now. That, oh, that stream deck right. is a really neat idea for sure. That's a yeah. I'm gonna have to look into that. Yes. Well, before I look into a stream deck, uh, I'm gonna have to fix my uh, proximity sensor because, um, well, as I said, I I finally. Uh, made it work i have i have proof i have sent the video on our uh, telegram channel um it's it's very different from what it was initially uh so just for uh, for uh, information the initially i used a, an ultrasonic uh sensor distance sensor that uh i don't know if it if it was broken when it when it arrived or if i fried it i don't know but uh I actually changed my um, my um, uh, tools. I now use a um, a sensor that um, uses a laser. So it uses a small laser to do measure the distance. It's it's a lot more precise. 
uh, and and more stable. Um, the tests I did in my in my office here in this room, uh, it was it was really steady when it was uh, you know pointing at the wall behind me uh, where there's this uh, LED thing here, uh, or when I was uh, putting my hand in front of it, um, and so it was working. Um, I also have I used. Um, do you remember Nate when we had the um, the guys from Pure Moroni, uh on the show? Uh, we yes. talked about uh, breakout garden. So breakout garden is, is something that they, um, they, they 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 released. It's a hat or a, uh, what's the name for the small ones? Uh, I don't know the, the 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 one for the Raspberry Pi or for the Raspberry Pi Zero. And there's a, a connector, and you plug. You actually put the um, uh, the breakouts in there, and there's no soldering. Needed, so you can just uh, put a, a distance sensor, and you know you have another project. You take it out and put another sensor in there. Like so the I got one with the two... headers, right? Like the header, yeah, header pins. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got one with two I square C and one with I uh, the other one I uh, I two S the, the the first one. But anyway, there's a, a, a distance sensor. There's a Temperature, pressure, humidity, and uh, air quality sensor, and then there's a, a very tiny and very beautiful OLED screen, uh, a monochrome uh, black and white OLED screen, but uh, still beautiful. It, it, it's it's yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, so it works. It's working. Uh, I, I have the Raspberry Pi running. I, I used the samples and I I wrote a Python script to get the distance, the temperature, the pressure, the humidity. Uh, I mean, I set up a, a server, so I have a, a Dell. Uh, oh, I don't remember which one, but it's a very old one we had at work, and my my boss was going to throw that uh, to the, the the trash, and I said mm, maybe you know if you don't use it, I can I can use that. So he he gave it to me. So thank you, boss. It's now love, uh, in my upcycling. garage. So yeah, actually, to to put that in my garage, I had to buy a. Um, a power line adapter to have a network in my garage because the Wi-Fi was too far. Uh, <laughs> couldn't pick it up. So I, had, I, I now I have a, a internet in my garage. I have a third Wi-Fi access point in my house. That's and awesome. A, and a 10-meter Cat5, Cat6 uh, cable going from the uh, the adapter to the server. Um, so, it, yeah, it has, um, it has um, Domotics installed on it. Uh, and a mosquito server to to do the MQTT part, and and I have graphs of the temperature, humidity, and pressure in my garage. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's if it broke during the, the uh, you know the, when I took it from here to the garage, or, or but the uh, the sensor doesn't work really well. It, it it kind of works. It's it seems to work when when my hand is in front of it. But as soon as there's nothing in front of it, it's not working. So maybe it's just me. Maybe I, I, I used it, um, you know, there's a flag or something that tells me, oh, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't receive any response. So I, I can't tell you the distance. And then maybe I didn't uh, check that. And um, I don't know, but it, it, it's it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm going to have better news next time. I'm gonna put some pictures in the in the show notes of the um, the uh, um, breakout garden uh, hat and the the three sensors I well the two sensors and the the OLED screen. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, we need to have the, the guys from Primorani back on the show to talk about Breakout Garden because really, it's really nice. Um, you, you just have, you just plug and unplug the, the, the breakouts. Uh, it's really cool. Um, that is very cool. They made it, yeah, they made it so that the, the, it uses five pins from the, the Raspberry Pi. So if you don't want the, to use the fat, you can still solder the, um, the breakout to to your Raspberry Pi uh, just by uh, using the, the, those five uh, five pins, and uh, apparently you can also use that that those breakouts with um, any microcontroller that is um, uh, I square C or SPI compatible. So that that's really great. Um, yeah, so it, I'm almost there. I'm ninety nine percent, I would say, um, there. Uh, everything is is working theoretically so now i'm gonna have to make it work practically what about and the other sensors be, uh, besides the, the besides the distance the the temperature and humidity or pressure what, what is yeah. it that, yeah do those still work properly yes yes those do work properly i have graphs of the, the temperature in my garage uh and i can uh, i can attest that they are working because uh this morning when i opened the door it was warm inside the garage, and I, the door stayed open for uh, I don't know, two three minutes, and the temperature went down because it was very uh, cold outside. I noticed that in winter, when it's very very cold outside, there's about ten degrees difference between in the inside and the outside. So of course, as soon as I open the door, the temperature inside goes down. And I, I before I left, I just I took my my phone and I uh, watched the graph, and I saw the the temperature go down. So yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's working. Um, I don't have really any use for the uh, pressure. Uh, I, I'm much interested in humidity and, and temperature, although it's just you know just for in for information because I'm I don't have any heating system in the garage, so it's not going it's not it's not going to to start uh, uh, automatically or something. But yeah, it's it's interesting to have a, a graph of that. Um, it was interesting yeah. to set up an MQTT server, uh, but yeah, we've already talked about that in previous episodes. That was really cool. Uh, also, what uh, I did with that server, that um, I'm going to talk about that in a, a later episode, is that I've set up a VPN. So I uh, I set up a WireGuard uh, server on a DigitalOcean droplet, and I've connected my server to that VPN. And so now from everywhere in the world, I can take my phone, activate um, uh, WireGuard VPN on my phone, and uh, access my... Uh, my uh, graphs and my uh, home automation system. That's, really, That's very cool. Really cool. Yes, and That's I really handy. appreciated your uh, YouTube video on that as well. Yeah, so that yeah, I did a YouTube video on how to install OpenVPN Access Server, uh, which is the easiest way I have found to set up a, a VPN. Uh, as I said in the video, there's many reasons why you would want a VPN and to be to be completely clear, the reason why I need a VPN is to have a, a US IP address so I can watch some YouTube videos that are geo-fenced, uh, and it works great. And the, the yeah, I just in in two minutes I can set up a VPN on a, the, on a DigitalOcean droplet and watch my videos and then destroy the droplet, and that's uh, that's really great. And I, I need to look at how to do that with the API, so I don't even have to do any. Work. I was going to say, yeah, you could um, automate it where you can save the image and then just have that spin up. Yeah, so I'm going to have to have a look uh, into that. 
but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do another video uh, about installing a WireGuard VPN, which I think is uh, is a little bit more complex to set up. But apparently, it's uh, it's faster. It uses less resources, and uh, it's uh, from what I've heard, uh, WireGuard is better than OpenVPN. But um, Nothing beats the uh, two-minute install on a DigitalOcean droplet. Well, I, th uh, I think I, having uh, WireGuard built into the kernel is the advantage there. Yeah. And uh, the VPN provider that I use just uh, released a, uh, they're calling it a test or a beta, but I've been using it when I'm traveling or out of the house, and it works great. Uh, the speed yeah. and performance seem very good and very little overhead, and uh, yeah. So it's a, it's it's a new technology that'll probably take a little while to catch on, but I do think that's probably the future. Like you said, there's maybe a little more setup on the on the back end, but from the client side, certainly, I know trying to use. I have a VPN setup on my NAS at home, and just getting the Open VPN stuff set up on from the client side can be tricky, right? To get all of the yeah. right ports and light and uh, certificates and keys and all that stuff set up, and WireGuard greatly simplifies that. Yes, yes, and uh, the um, I think in, in Ubuntu twenty o four, it's integrating into the uh, network manager now. Uh, I, I, but twenty o four point one is not out yet, so I don't. I don't have 2004 on my uh, desktop, but uh, yeah, from what I've heard, it's integrated. Yeah. It's in Arch uh, already. So yeah, I've been able to uh, to use that. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, very, very interesting uh, subject on, on tonight's episode. So what do you say we go to the Thingiverse thing of the episode before we wrap up this uh, episode? That sounds fantastic. As as I was using um, um, uh, building my uh, proximity sensor, I thought, mm, you know what? I need a case for this uh, Raspberry Pi Zero that I'm using. So what what did I do? I went on Thingiverse and searched for Raspberry Pi Zero case, and I got like a million of them. <laughs> so yeah, I picked I picked one up that uh, I found uh, you know easy enough uh, to print uh, and simple. So uh, I will have a link in the show notes, and uh, that's called the Raspberry Pi Zero Case Snapfit Screwless, including camera slot, by uh, a guy named uh, .networker. Uh, it was published in December 2015, and it's supposedly, uh, well, it, it is uh, compatible with uh, every version of the Raspberry Pi, and you have access to the um, the camera port, so you can uh, use that with the camera. You can plug the um, the cable uh, in there. Uh, plenty of room to access the um, the connectors, so yeah, it's a uh, nice little mm. uh, case. I guess I could have picked up any uh, any of them, and uh, I'm pretty sure they are they're all uh, they're all great. Um, I almost picked another one. Well, I was told to pick another one, not because of the design, but because of the color. <laughs> my uh, my little one just uh, spotted one a uh, pink one, so of course because it's pink, it's it's. <laughs> It must be the, the, a good one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll have a link in the show notes for this Raspberry Pi Zero case. Um, yes, yeah, as, as I said, there's a, a million of them on uh, on Thingiverse. A Zero is something I have not yet picked up. I needed a, I don't have a, a thing for it, but that seems like something 
you just buy like a package of bubble gum, really. Like it's just yes, <laughs> yeah. They're not expensive. Yeah, um, and- a, a, a Raspberry Pi four would would you know be very over overkill for most of the home automation things I want mm-hmm. to do, or even right. even you know driving a, a pair of LEDs or a, a Raspberry Pi zero is a, is a, a a lot for those kind of projects. I mean, if you do some robotics and you need to uh, react very quickly, maybe a four is better, but. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, a zero by zero is, uh, is plenty enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you say we close up this show? Sounds like a plan. Thanks for downloading our previous episode. We really appreciate that you take a little bit of your precious time to listen to us. You can get in contact with us by sending us an email at feedback at makerscorner.tech or by following us on Twitter at makerscornerpod or by joining our Telegram group at t.me slash makerscornerpod. Unless otherwise stated, this podcast is released under our Creative Commons by Attribution Sharelike License. You will find all the details on our website, makerscorner.tech. And of course, this podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. You can find more about our shows and our fantastic roster of hosts at uh, otherside.network <laughs> well thank you Eric for joining us it was a pleasure to talk to you again it's been a while as we said before we recorded uh, this episode um, that we uh, we talked together I'm delighted that I got a chance to come on and speak to you guys like I said I'm a fan of the show and I listen to every episode and always am happy to see when it comes up in my feed Thank you, Nate, for joining us tonight once again. I always enjoy being here. It's uh, a nice... Uh, I feel like I've, I'm taking a trip to Europe if I close my eyes and I, I don't look at my <laughs> surroundings because I get to hear something other than an American accent. It's really quite nice. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, well, we will be back, not in two weeks, but uh, in four weeks. Well, we will record in, in four weeks uh, because of vacation. In the meantime, please take care of yourself. Stay uh, at, at the, the social distances uh, from, from uh, any other people. Use your uh, coronavirus app on your phone. It's useful. Uh, it's not spying on you. Uh, and uh, yeah, use, use your mask when you go uh, in, in uh, public transportation or, uh, or uh, uh, shopping centers. Thank you again, guys. Uh, see you again in four weeks. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Ciao, ciao. See you. Bye-bye.